If the grass is greener, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A podcast that begs the question, what the heck? Last year, he spent most of Hanukkah learning how to spell Hanukkah. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Oh, by golly, by gosh, it is the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast again. How quickly it comes around and uh, how excited I am that it's here and how excited I am that you are here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. And thank you to Drew McMillan, my Canadian nephew, for performing that introduction without which I might not know who I am and the uh, some elements of the audience might not know who I am, but I am Doug Jones, your Medicare expert, and I am here to help you feel pretty good about uh, the transition between Obamacare and Medicare. I'm assuming that you're an American, that you're eligible for Medicare, and that you are uh, looking at that transition at some point in the foreseeable future. What happens often is that people get very concerned. Oh, my goodness, it's so confusing. There's so many rules. There are trips wires that one could uh, trigger lifetime penalties on and so forth and so on. There are all of those things, but if you have a good, solid, reliable advisor or a source of advice, then you're unlikely to fall afoul of all of the rules and regulations. I thought of something the other day. This is a U.S. government program. It's been around since 1966. It's uh, very complex. It's got a huge budget. It's a huge drain on the U.S. economy. You would think they would do a better job of helping new people who are newly eligible for Medicare understand and feel comfortable with the process of transitioning from Obamacare, but uh, into Medicare, but they don't do a very good job about that. And so that's why I'm here, ladies and gentlemen. I've written a book called Medicare for the Lazy Man, easy, a simplest and easiest guide ever. The 2022 edition is out right now. It's available on Amazon.com in four different editions, hardcover for those of you that like to keep books and uh, uh, retain them on your shelf forever. Uh, paperback, which is very reasonably priced, <clears throat> Kindle or uh, ebook, and the uh, Audible book. I have uh, read the book out loud to people, and that, that people could be you if you decide to buy one. So reasonably priced. Now, if you want to see the, uh, if, you, if you don't like giving money to Amazon, you can go to barnesandnoble.com and you'll find the paperback there uh, at uh, uh, also a reasonable price. And one way or the other, I would suggest that if you are approaching Medicare and you're not really sure about what's going on, buy that book, spend about an hour and a half, maybe less, maybe more, reading the book, and then I think you'll be situated very, very nicely. And you may have more questions, but at least your questions will be more finely tuned, and you will be able to uh, feel more confident in your knowledge about Medicare. That's what the whole thing's all about. The 30-second uh, radio spot that I usually ask Randy to play, 
is sitting on the shelf right next to him. And if, if I can get him to look to his left and pull it off the shelf and play it, I think it's time to do that. So I'm going to be quiet while he does that. Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. All righty. Thank you, Randy. That's just another expression of the ways in which we try to disseminate our Medicare knowledge here to you, the listening audience. Hey, Randy, how are things going for you today? The sun is out. You should be in a really good mood. Yes. As you know, Doug, when the sun is not out, I am not a happy camper because it reminds me of sitting back in Omaha, Nebraska, waiting for it to rain, thunder, lightning tornado the crickets the the bugs the we've got we've got mosquitoes back there the size of b-52s that sounds like a godforsaken hellhole i'm surprised that anybody lives here pretty much (laughs) jeez i thought illinois i thought illinois was bad i've been mad at my parents my whole life for dragging me up north (laughs) to illinois uh, where I didn't belong, human beings do not belong there. It's uh, it can be a very miserable place. And the the weird thing about Illinois is, especially in the spring, once you've had this long miserable winter with you know frozen snow on the ground and your cars are all filthy and rusting out and everything else, here comes a beautiful spring day. Oh my God, the butterflies are hatching and everything. The the crickets are chirping and oh. Oh, and then the next day it's back into the hellhole again. You get one nice day and then and then it just uh, goes away. Well, you know, the thing that used to drive me nuts is that, okay, everybody wants to have a nice yard. Everybody wants to have nice landscaping. And, you know, I tried my best. Uh, we would We would get, you know, like a landscaping company in once a year to spruce everything up and bring in, you know, like, 80 million dollars worth of mulch you know to stack around the tree sure sure and then you know what happened i give up we we would have a straight line windstorm like the next day and my four million dollars worth of mulch were gone well we never had wind like that in illinois but other bad things would happen Uh, i used to have uh, you know living in the woods i basically would have to cut up a lot of trees or limbs that fell or whatever else and eventually i would have to call a, a company with a chipper and i'd have them trim some trees and stuff yeah. and i would always have them leave the the uh, chips for me and i would use that for mulch and then i found out after a few seasons that that stuff rots faster than anybody <laughs> so it's got to be done over and over and over again well, and, that's why they use uh that's why they use what is it pine pine shit well, something that doesn't rot quite as quick uh god well i don't know there's there's also mushroom mulch we used to have a campbell soup factory uh about 10 miles away in west chicago and so my mother when i was a kid loved to garden and she discovered that they would give away this mushroom mulch and so I would go over there with her and the she'd be driving the Ford Country Squire and we'd have all these bushel baskets in the back. And I would have to load these things up. And then, of course, her garden was about as far away from the driveway as it was possible to get. And so I'd wind up lugging those things in my wagon all the way across the yard to the garden. And 
That was, I hated gardening. I really hate gardening and growing things. Oh, I know. I do too. What? So, okay. Now you really got my attention. What in the world is mushroom mulch? I don't know if it even has anything to do with mushrooms, but it's this dark brown stuff that I think the reason they call it mushroom mulch is that it was some kind of mulch that they used on the in the Campbell Soup factory grounds to grow mushrooms. Oh, I okay. Guess. Okay. I got you. I got you. But, but I never saw a mushroom growing. I mean, they would just put it out along the road in piles and have tell people to come have at it, you know, take as much as you want. So I always grew up knowing it as mushroom mulch, but not knowing why. I never asked any questions because I didn't want to know that much about it. I just, I well, wanted to get my mother off my back. Now that you've told me a little more detail, or I, I can get, I can get what it probably is. Uh, but Neither neither here nor there. It's still a pain in the neck, and it probably blows away, right? Well, it didn't blow away, and I wish it. You know, I wish it would have lasted longer. But every year, oh, time to get more mushroom mulch. Oh no! The thing is, I wish my brothers and my younger siblings had uh, matured faster, so they could have taken over these duties. It was uh, it was always on my shoulders. And then, of course, I had two kids, and the only reason I had kids really was to take over the yard work. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we had yeah. six acres, and a, I had a riding mower, and I was I thought my kids would be so excited to mow the lawn, you know, and oh, I'm a big girl. Now I'm a big boy. Boy, that was a, that was tough duty getting those kids nope. to get out there. No nope. yard work. Not, not getting, not getting there with that. But anyway, I'm going to tell you one short story about, you know, the, uh, our, one of our neighbors back in the day. Okay. Uh, this was, this was the house where I'm, you know, I spend $8 million a year on mulch and it all ended up in his yard, you know, after the first windstorm. Okay. Uh, but any, anyway, this guy was nuts about lawn equipment uh-huh we had we had a lawn you know it was a oh i don't know maybe a third of an acre i mean it was it was large it was a large yard but he had he had lawn equipment like he ran a golf course okay, oh, okay. sure john deere john deere exactly he had yeah. like john john deere you know right along mowers he had the you know the crap in the back you know you're the you know like on a golf course and sure the guy had the guy couldn't even hardly get his foot off the clutch on that mower before he had to turn around again. I'm going, gee, and I'll, one story, then I'll then I'll quit. I had a snowblower that I wanted to be rid of in the worst way when I moved to Arizona. Uh-huh. So I called this. I called this guy up. I I used to call him Farmer Brown. I don't even know what his name was. And so anyway, I'm talking to Farmer. I motioned him over. I need to talk to you here. And I said, I've got a brand new, I mean, I, I bought this uh, snowblower and after I bought it, it never snowed again in Nebraska. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I call him over and I go, I, I've got this snowblower and I'm moving to Arizona. And if there's any snow where I'm moving in Arizona, I've made a serious mistake. Yeah. So I'm going to give this son of a bitch to you. If you will come get it, drag it out of my sight, put it in your garage, and you would have thought I gave him a gold bar. Well, of course, because if you're going to deal with the snow yourself, a snowblower is the way to do it. So yeah. I can see where that guy was happy as a clam. I don't know what he was doing before you gave him the snowblower, but he well, was. Well, he, uh, he had this tractor, you know, like 
you know the, the oh, super okay. the, the the brush on the front. I mean, like yeah. you were you were doing the sidewalk in front of this Federal Reserve Bank, you know, right? But you know, he, he had no room for it, so I, this would have been much handier. And then I saw him, you know, there was I don't know just exactly what happened, but anyway, I noticed that after he got this, after I gave him his present of the year. Uh, he was out doing everybody else's sidewalks then because he was just in love with this thing. Well, that's how you get some free drinks once in a while from grateful neighbors. Yes. Uh, I, well, we were out in the country. We had lived on a dead end road with 43 houses, but there were no sidewalks or anything for anybody to do. It was all just a country road and then a ditch on either side and, and trees and everything else. Very beautiful in the summertime. But I got a, I bought a used John Deere 26 inch wide self-propelled snowblower. The thing had low gears like you wouldn't believe. I mean, that thing yeah. was. It would move tons of snow and um, you could just you know, stand back and watch it work and smoke a cigarette and, and uh, it would clean, you know, just like a straight path if you gave it enough time. So after years of wrestling with that thing, cause it meant I had to go out when it was really cold and miserable and I didn't right, like that at all. Right. And it's always colder after a snowstorm. It's never, you know, it's warm before the snowstorm and cold after the snowstorm. But eventually uh, when we we're going to put our house up for sale, I said, I better get some pros in here to make it look better than I'm capable of making it. So I called, eventually got a crew of Mexicans. And, oh, God, I said, what have I been doing all these years for the price that I'm paying those guys? This place, and, and it gives me so much more free time and everything else, and I don't have to argue with the kids. And there's so many good reasons to get professional landscapers. And so... I then made a deal with a good friend of mine. Uh, he had a big, big air compressor. And I had yep. a little dinky air compressor that really didn't do the kind of mechanical assistance for me that I needed in the garage working on the uh, classic cars. And so I traded him my snowblower for his big compressor because he wanted to replace it with an even bigger one. And, uh, then what did he do? He's the guy's a genius. He went out and, uh, uh, taught his wife how to use the snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> there so, you go. Yep. And it's still blowing snow to this day. There you go. Well, you know something I was looking at our podcast. Yeah. Cheat episode. Yeah. Uh -huh. what, what do we call this thing? Well, I, I think it's not it's not really a script, but, you know, it's, know it's a checklist, a checklist. It, yeah, we know what it gives us an idea of what we're talking about. And I saw something on today's checklist. I'm really interested yeah. to hear. Well, you know, something I had to, I hate to break your heart, Randy, you, when you were telling me before you were looking forward to this episode, I said to myself, uh oh, because about five minutes before the podcast or before you and I connected electronically, I realized that a piece of mail that I received from one of my clients or actually a client to be, um, had arrived last night and I opened it up and it's addressed to dear Doug and Randy. And so Dear that Duncan told me, right. oh, cool. So he's got a specific question here, and I did not think about this in time for the checklist. So we may put off the uh, stuff you're excited about till the okay. next episode. Okay, all right. De depending on how long this takes. Basically, well, one thing is, what kind of time do you have? Because I didn't even start my clock. We are sitting at about. Let me check. We've got five minutes left. You're kidding! Out of twenty. 
So what the heck gonna, did we do? We're gonna we're gonna have to expand our uh, our lease just a little bit on today's oh, podcast. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, anyway, I have a, a, a gentleman and his wife in Washington State who have told me they're early, you know, starters. They're they uh, jumped the gun a little bit and they got a hold of me a few months ago and they said, "Okay, I think we want you. We've read your book. I think we want you to help us in the Medicare, but we're a little too early." And I said, "Fine, you let me know what I can do." Well, I got a, uh, an email from him the other day and said, "Give me your mailing address in arizona so i can send you something i want to know what it is i think it's an ad for a part c plan but i'm not sure and i want you to tell me and i said well you know fine there's really no compelling reason that we have to jump in with both feet to medicare right now so um i said uh, here's my mailing address and last night we came home from a social engagement after dark and so i saw the letter from him and i opened it up this morning and it says, Dear Doug and Randy. Now, this tells me that he listens to the podcast. So instead of the the material I was going to address today, I thought, why not answer his questions on the podcast episode? He's probably going to hear this at some point. And uh, he said, is this an enclosed document? Is this an advertisement for a Part C crapola plan? I thought I'd just uh, snail mail it to you. Thanks. And uh, the two first names of my soon-to-be clients, Steve and Kelly. So they sent um, a actually four pages of typewritten material, and I couldn't wait to sit down and read this stuff. But I didn't; it wasn't beer o'clock yet, so I had to do it uh, over my hot tea that I have in the morning. And it is a um, a guy saying hello to the wife of this couple. Uh, and he starts in, he launches into an explanation of his, uh, the fact that he's a Yale graduate with a physics degree, and he spends all of his time helping folks make sense out of Medicare. He says, I might be the only Yale grad with a physics degree who spends all of his time helping people make sense out of Medicare. Now, I had to start feeling a kindred, um, a, a kindred um, relationship with this gentleman, because obviously that's what I do. I have written documents trying to simplify Medicare for people, only I call my documents books. And this gentleman calls his like a letter. It's a four-page, single-spaced letter with some organization, some blocks of uh, data so that it's not completely boring to look at. But he goes into an explanation about Medicare that theoretically would be freestanding. Um, I know from my experience that it's not enough for most people, even this four pages of single-spaced, small font type. But he makes a yeoman-like attempt in one letter to make people feel comfortable about Medicare. And as Randy knows, for us, it takes a whole book. It takes a uh, series of podcast episodes. And people still aren't comfortable about Medicare. People still have to be convinced. But anyway, to get back to his question, his question was, is this an advertisement for a Part C crapola plan? Well, I got to say yes and no. Mostly, it is an explanation of Medicare coverages that one has to or the, the steps one has to take in order to complete the Medicare process going forward. So he explains what part A is and what part A covers. 
And then he goes into the next section of his uh, document, which is what part B covers. And then he goes into the next section of his document, which is what um, the uh, drug plans cover. And then he does come into the part C crapola plan explanation. So I applaud the guy for at least touching on all of the important facts of Medicare protection that people are going to have to choose from. I don't applaud him because when he talks about Medicare Advantage plans or Part C, which is the same thing, he is not uh, explaining to people all of the possible drawbacks. If you go to the chapter in my book that describes Medicare Advantage plans, you're going to find a list of the 10 or 11 ways in which a Medicare Advantage plan can go south on you and can completely disappoint you. And uh, believe me, it's not pretty when you've got a problem that your particular Medicare Advantage plan turns its back on. Uh, like, for instance, if you have a doctor that you rely on for a medical condition that you might have, you can go to this doctor for years. He might be part of your plan. You're not allowed to go outside the plan or, uh, depending on whether it's an HMO or a PPO, they might make it expensive for you to go outside the plan. But your doctor's in the plan, so you've got a handle on uh, the uh, costs involved in being treated by your doctor. Then all of a sudden, your doctor's medical practice has a contract dispute in the middle of a given year, and he is now no longer part of your plan. That's just one of the 11 or so things that I list that can go wrong. Your doctor may leave the plan, and they may have a, a uh, an unresolvable contract dispute that means that you've got to go to a whole new medical practice. You've got to find a new doctor uh, to treat whatever you have, and that may or may not be something that you're comfortable dealing with. Now, there are some people that this isn't going to be a problem for, but there are plenty of other things on Medicare Advantage plans that can go wrong. We've spent a lot of time talking about that. So the question, that is this a Part C crapola uh, uh, advertisement? I can't say that because Basically, it's you know comes off a word processor. It doesn't have any pretty designs. It's not an advertisement. It's more of a statement of factual information, and I commend this agent for having done that. But I do not commend him for pointing out the risks involved. He does point out only one risk of a Medicare Advantage plan, and that is if you don't, uh, if you take a Medicare Advantage plan and you keep it for over a year, you are not guaranteed the right ever to go back to a Medicare supplement plan. And that's the plan that Randy and I recommend. Uh, Medicare supplements are the by far the most superior protection for Medicare that anyone can have. And there are people who are lured away. They're, they're uh, 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 enticed into a Medicare Advantage plan. And once they're there longer than a year, they have lost the guaranteed issue right that they would have to get a Medicare supplement. So when their plan disappoints them, or let's say if their plan disappoints them down the road, they're kind of screwed. The best they can do is go to a different company's Medicare Advantage plan. Now, that's what happens every year when the feeding frenzy starts on October 15th, and it goes on for almost two months. It is just a matter of all these plans trying to lure unhappy people from other companies' Medicare Advantage plans 
to their Medicare Advantage plan that will eventually make the people unhappy. And there are some people that switch plans every year because they're so disgusted, but they don't come to a Medicare supplement plan. Why is that? Either nobody's told them how great Medicare supplements are, or they are not, uh, they can't qualify because of their health conditions. So the short answer, Steve, is that this is not necessarily an advertisement for Part C, Crapola, Medicare Advantage plans. However, it does not sufficiently warn people of the dangers of the potential disappointments of Medicare Advantage plans like I would prefer if I had gotten this letter. So he does a nice job of explaining the various coverages involved with Medicare, but I don't think it's a full picture of your your risks and your choices and your options. So that's my answer. Now I got to figure out how to put that in a short note to uh, to my new, hopefully new client, Steve and his wife Kelly. Let me let me help you out. No, that that's the response. <laughs> okay, that uh, you know that's close enough. <laughs> so I'm going to put this back in the envelope and I'll address it later, maybe during cocktail hour tonight. Well, so, yeah, you can always do that. Absolutely. So I'm guessing that we've gone over by a fairly considerable amount of time. We were talking about we, snowblowers and yard work and yeah, what the heck. We, we we used up a little bit more of our license air, licensed air time than we, we do normally, but I think it was well worth it because I don't want anybody getting anywhere close to a Medicare disadvantage plan. I think I, I neglected to tell you that I got a letter from somebody recently who said, and I may have read this. He said, um, okay, I was uh, enticed by a cute little uh, uh, female insurance agent to consider buying a Medicare Advantage plan. And then I was at a party before I signed up. I was at a party where somebody told me that they knew somebody that had a horrible experience with Medicare Advantage plan. And then he said, I came home from that party with my head spinning because this experience that he heard about was so horrible. And he said, I went to my bookshelf where I found that I had bought your last year's book. So he had the 2021 edition of Medicare for the lazy man, simplest and easiest guide ever. And he said, I had bought it, put it on the shelf and never read it. And so I decided to read your book, which I have done now. And I, decided that I want the uh, high deductible plan G, or as Randy and I call it, the uh, high value plan G. And he said, uh, what do I need to do to get that done? So that was refreshing that our book saved somebody from the uh, the abyss of a Medicare Advantage plan, Part C Crapola. Yes, well, absolutely. That's the reason it's called Part C is because that's the only letter in the alphabet that appropriately rhymes with what it's all about. Crap. Absolutely. Absolutely. Crap. Well, crapola, <laughs> crapolingo, crap, you know, just anything with crap. There you go. Well, I decided... the other part is the the Obama doesn't care plan. There's that one. Obama <laughs> don't care. There's yeah, that but, one. You know, that's mostly for people under age 65 or too young for Medicare. So that True. just, uh, that really, uh, you know, that's not our primary focus, although people transition from Obama don't care to Medicare. And that transition is uh, interesting because if they've been working for a company that has a typical Obamacare plan, they've got a huge deductible, like maybe $4,000, $5,000, $6,000 deductible. And then 80-20 until they're out-of-pocket expense if they have a 
car accident or something like that is maybe $8,000 or something. And so when you come into Medicare, you're going to find that your protection is a whole lot better than that. Absolutely. Well, you know something? I better land the plane. Yeah. We have we have used up our licensee time today, you know, and we we rent this on a minute by minute basis. Mm-hmm. So we better talk quick. I need to thank everybody for joining us. You could have been anywhere else and you weren't. We always want to thank you for being here listening to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. But before we go, did we talk about where they need to go after the podcast? No, we didn't. Let's do that quickly. Okay. Well, you need to go write Doug a letter at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Otherwise, he gets disappointed. You need to go to amazon.com and buy several paperbacks, the 2022 green version, because we are coming down into the holiday period. And uh, or you can get an audio version or you can get a Kindle version, but get something because it's going to be the best money you ever spent. And uh, people just you got to believe it. Doug's a straight shooter. So anyway, thanks for joining us. You have (laughs) just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy, and now living up in the fortress of solitude behind Cave Creek, Arizona originally from Oklahoma, your Medicare wingman, Doug Jones. Bye-bye.